As we near the end of 2023, it's often a practice for many of us to reflect on how this year was. I think it's a, a standard societal thing, traditional thing, an opportunity. Although I also don't fully believe that we have to wait for the end or the beginning of the year to do these things. We can reflect on our lives every single day. Some people do. They use journals for that. A gratitude journal can be really wonderful. Just what were you grateful for? Um, a progress or goals journal where you could write down what you accomplished and what you didn't and what you would like to and just continue adjusting. I like that method because you don't have to wait for anything to to start it. However, there's also this sense of something being in the air this time of year. I'm actually recording this episode the day after Thanksgiving and to me, this time of year is when it feels like things start to move really, really fast. I already sensed that around Halloween because that felt like it came and went really quickly. It's not a holiday that I celebrate much, but I'm aware of it. I, I like the energy around Halloween and the transition to fall. But I feel like Thanksgiving is just kind of that marker for me. And this episode has a little bit of that influence for me. I've been reflecting on some of the decisions that I made, some of the changes that happened in my life. It's a big period of transition for me personally. It's also a time of transitions I've noticed a lot. In fact, this is something that I've been focusing on in the group coaching program that I offer, which is part of my private community, Beyond Measure. Beyond Measure, is, for the most part, is a free community. Anyone can join, including you. At any point, you can come check it out, feel it out. It's always in a state of evolution, its own states of transition as I experiment and optimize. I record episodes like this weekly or a few times a month. The schedule kind of fluctuates a bit, but usually it's weekly. I do that in Beyond Measure so you can come and listen live. I also offer group coaching in there, which is the only paid feature of Beyond Measure and it's a relatively small amount. I won't say what it is just in case I, I change the price at some point. But I've tried to keep that really affordable and accessible. And a big theme for the past few coaching sessions that I've done has been about transitions. And I've noticed that a lot of people feel like they're in the state of transition. And I don't know if that's something to do with the end of the year or just kind of a coincidence. Maybe we're always in a state of transition. I think actually that is true. But sometimes it's more felt than not felt, I guess. I've gone through a lot of transitions this year. and. A few of them that have felt really prominent for me is, is one making decision, the decision to put most of social media on pause. I've talked about that off and on throughout this year. I've referenced it in many episodes. So I won't get super into depth about it, but it has been almost a year since I made that decision. So it's an interesting thing to look back on. What has changed? How, how has that impacted me? How hasn't that impacted me? And I will talk a bit about that. I also have gone through transitions with work, and I think I mentioned this a few times this year as well, how I mostly make my income from consulting. So yes, I have various things that I charge for, like the group coaching. Sometimes you'll hear sponsors on this show. This is a part of my income, but for the most part, the majority of my income comes from consulting. I have been consulting on marketing 
actually very much so social media marketing for, in the past. And when I stopped using social media almost entirely on a personal and personal business, personal branding level, I started to evaluate if I wanted to continue to advise other people on social media. If it wasn't resonating with me, would I feel in alignment with myself if I continued to do that for other people? And for the most part, the answer is no. So I barely offer any social media consulting services anymore. If I do, they just kind of happen to be there as part of a larger piece of work that I'm doing. For example, one of the companies I've been consulting with for a long time, I oversee a lot of their social media marketing, but a lot of that work is copywriting. A lot of that work is quality control. A lot of that work is video direction. So it's not so much about promoting social social media usage as much as it is optimizing it and guiding it. And then also considering how much they want to use social media. And that's been really interesting. In 2023, have focused mostly on podcasting. So I don't just do this podcast. I have experimented with other podcasts of my own that you might've heard. I've co-hosted other podcasts and I've advised a ton of podcasters. Over the summer of this year, I started really focusing a lot on that and offering more and more services to podcasters. And it just lit me up in a way that I haven't felt lit up by social media, for example, in a long time. So that was a big transition for me, moving from one specialty or one focus of my work to another. And there are times where I felt insecure about that. I think I had shared back in May of this year, I stopped working with one of my longer term clients and I had this gap in my schedule, this gap in my income. And I really wanted to fill that gap. I wanted to make more money. I wanted to experiment with different things and find out my flow. And it spent a lot of really awkward months doing that. And that was so uncomfortable. I felt incredibly vulnerable because I wasn't as confident. Choosing to do work out, outside of something that, like social media that I'd been doing for about 15 years felt awkward. And I didn't know how good I was at, at it. But what was wonderful was that I kind of threw myself into it to experiment. I ended up meeting all sorts of amazing people that were really patient with me. And I found my way through all of it. It happened very quickly. In fact, much quicker than I anticipated. And I got into a flow. And then I got so into a flow that now in November, 2023, I'm at a point where I have more work than I know what to do with. I'm almost at the point where I'm turning down clients. And I don't know if I've ever been here before. So that's very new. I'm trying to figure out how much work I can actually handle. Earlier this year, I told my therapist that I thought I could max out at about three or four hours of work a day. And that was mostly because of stress and anxiety and various elements of my neurodivergence. And yet now I am at the point where I'm working more like eight to 10 hours a day. And that's a lot. That's three times the amount of work I thought I could handle. 
and I'm handling it better than I thought, but I have to really be mindful of how long I can do that. And I I think that's an important thing for me to consider something I want to pass on to others. When we're in a place where we either are choosing to, or we're offered, or maybe we're not even choosing to do a lot of work. Maybe we feel like we have to do it. Maybe we have to pay our bills that way. Maybe it is something that is incredibly important to us for a career move, for example. It's interesting because we have we have an opportunity to reflect on how that really feels to us. And again, if if we are dependent on the income, we might not be able to choose to work less hours. So we might feel a lot of stress. We might not get as much sleep as we want. For me, it's a little different. And I, I think that this is coming from a, a place of privilege where I, maybe it's even a place of luck where I'm just happen right now to have enough work that I could turn down things and I could drop things. I could do less. I probably could even survive financially for a few months or so with no work at all. In fact, if I really wanted to, I could go move in with my parents or I could figure out a situation where I'm barely, if at all, working. And I recognize that not everybody has that opportunity. And I I think that's a very important thing to disclose. When I'm talking about my life, I'm not assuming that you're in the same position. I'm not assuming that anybody could do the same things that I'm doing. I'm just really talking from my personal experience. I'm also acknowledging the way my brain works. Now, at times I feel like my brain is very limited, especially when it comes to energy. That was part of the reason I was exploring with my therapist earlier this year, whether I had the capacity to do more than four hours of work each day. At that time, I didn't think I did. At that time, I really thought that if I pushed myself beyond those hours, that my brain would not function very well and that I would suffer. Right now, it's hard to tell. Because of also how my brain works, I'm very impacted by stimulus. And right now with all the different work I'm doing, it's actually been very stimulating. So it's been interesting to see that it's not necessarily the amount of time I work. It's the amount of time I'm spending doing things that are interesting to me that are different from one another. So a lot of variety having multiple clients right now has me task switching constantly, which does exert a lot of energy, but it's stimulating my brain. I get like these little dopamine hits every time I finish a task for one person right before I finished or started recording this podcast today, I finished all of my work for one client and I didn't think I was going to get that done until later. So I was very stimulated. I wasn't even sure if I had the energy to record this podcast today. That's something else I'm trying to figure out. I've got all this work, plus I've committed to releasing at least one episode of the show every week. And I still haven't given myself the full opportunity to decide, do I want to go back to two episodes of this podcast a week? Right now I'm doing one episode a week, but sometimes I record multiple times and then they just get released in a different schedule. So it's like batch recording, doing them in in advance. 
And that's a lot to manage. I want to make sure that I'm present and energized when I'm recording the show, especially when I'm doing it live and beyond measure. I want to be there for the people that show up live and give them some time and attention of mine. And and so that juggling act is simultaneously hard and overwhelming, but also very overstimulating. And or or just stimulating in general. Sometimes it feels overstimulating and I I can't handle it. And sometimes I'm like, this is great, all this stimulation. I feel energized, I feel buzzed, I feel happy. And it's it's a fascinating thing to witness within myself and how my brain works, what's going on with my brain chemistry, where are these hormones, you know, dopamine and serotonin, all these things that are I think those are hormones, right? My apologies if I get the, 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 the terminology wrong, but they're definitely there and, and playing a role in how I feel each day. Sometimes I feel stressed and worried. Like, how am I going to get this all done? How am I going to juggle all of this? You know, all of these things are happening, right? And this is new for me. And one thing I really wanted to explore in today's episode is. The impact of time on all this. First of all, I've noticed consistently in my life, I underestimate time. I think I can do a lot more in a time span than I'm actually capable of and or I get a bit distracted. That might be a better way of describing it. This, this I think, has a tendency to be a neurodivergent thing, especially more towards the ADHD side of neurodivergence where it's hard to focus and it's easy to get distracted. I like to block out chunks of my day. That's how I manage everything. So I have two ways of doing that. One is on my calendar. I use a digital calendar, Google calendars and a combination with Apple calendars. Uh, It's taken me years and years to develop this, but I time block and I start with like, when I wake up, I try to give myself 30 minutes to an hour to quote, do nothing. But that do nothing time is generally me waking up, laying in bed, checking emails, having some coffee, sitting on the couch for a little bit, getting dressed. Then I try to start my day with a task that feels easiest for me. It feels like I'm in a rhythm with it. For example, I have one client. I created a whole system for the work that we do together And I just do on my own time that system and complete the things that they need me to do for that day. And it feels like simple. I could even watch TV while I'm doing that work because it's just been so systematized. So that's usually how I like to start my day because then I can get something done and feel that sense of accomplishment I mentioned earlier. So I put that on my calendar in a block. I've noticed though, I usually estimate an hour for that. But if anything happened in that hour that I wasn't expecting that happened to distract me, it could easily zap like 15 minutes off of that time block. But if it takes me an hour realistically to finish those tasks, now it's bumping into the next time block. So this is where I'm trying to figure out what works best for me. I think it's a terminology called Parkinson's law. Let me double check this. That says you will use the amount of time. Um, Yes. Wait, is that right? Yes. It's an axiom that says work expands so as to fill the time available for its completion. 
This means, according to my quick online search, that things become harder to complete when more time is given to complete them as the buildup to the task becomes stressful and daunting. And so I witness this happening very frequently in my day. So let's just say that first client, I have an hour time block. That is assuming I don't get distracted by anything else. That's how long it'll take me. But if that time block is impacted by distractions, which it often does, a distraction could be my dog needing more food or go to the bathroom or whatever else. A distraction could be a phone call, a text, an email. I could turn off all my devices, but like many of us, I have this concern that something urgent is going to happen. And if my phone is turned off for that hour, I'll miss it, blah, blah, blah. But just by having my phone on and my email application open on my computer, it's kind of inviting in distraction. That's really hard to balance. So that's an ongoing thing. And then it has that ripple effect. I have another client where I actually work about four hours a day with them, ideally, but I rarely ever make it to a full four hours because of all of these other things. Then I'm trying to make sure that I have time to eat lunch, which is really hard. Sometimes I think, oh, I'll just eat lunch while I'm doing this task. But I'm the type of person who likes to just sit down and enjoy my lunch. I often like to watch a TV show or something. And I like to have a mental break. But building in time for a true mental break is hard. And so I resist that. I say, no, I don't need to. I can multitask while I eat lunch. The reality is 90% of the time, I don't want to multitask. I need that mental break. And I truly need at least 30 minutes away from my computer in the middle of the day. So that's just an example of how I'm trying to balance all of these things and often underestimating all of that. And I need transition time. That lunch period is a great example of needing time to transition from one task to another, to give my break time, I mean, my my head, my brain time to rest. After I record this podcast, I know I'm going to be a bit drained of energy. It takes a lot of energy to do a podcast, to talk for an hour, to communicate with people and be on measure, right? Like that takes a lot. And whether I want to or not, I'm going to be tired and I'm I'm going to want to take a break. So it's like being, quote, forced into it. But again, this is all under the context that I work remotely. Every single one of my clients is remote. I don't go to an office. I can work wherever I want. And in some cases, whenever, if I don't have a meeting, I could technically do this work whenever I felt like as long as it got done by the end of the day or the end of the week or whatever the deadline is. Not everybody has those choices. When I used to work a more traditional full-time job at an office, my lunch break was whenever they said I had a lunch break. (laughs) My breaks, 15 minutes, especially when I was working in retail, That was when my manager at the retail store said, you can take a break. Now that stuff didn't work well for me. It was really exhausting. I constantly felt stressed out. I I think I would severely struggle with any of that work, even though I kind of miss it sometimes, especially the retail job I had was really fun. I don't know if I could do well in that, if take care of my mental health and all of that at the same time. 
Anyways, that's just some context for a transition that's happened for me this year. With the understanding, I don't know how long I can even sustain this. Maybe it is true what I said to my therapist earlier this year, that I have the capacity to do good work and feel good, but only four hours a day. Maybe I will crash and burn and I can update you if that happens. I hope it doesn't. Sometimes I hope that these client relationships end and I'm forced to take a break. And I think that is a bit of a relatable feeling, even though the money's nice. There are times where it feels nice to be forced to not do something because it's too hard to set boundaries and say no. Right now I'm struggling to set boundaries because again, I'm underestimating how long it's going to take me to complete things, how much energy I have. And I've frequently in the last few weeks hit walls and feeling like, oh my gosh, I cannot do it all. That's hard. But again, a very common thing. Many of us experience that. And it makes me wonder why. (laughs) Why is it that so many of us are overly ambitious about what we can get done in a certain span of time? I think a lot of that is the pressure of our society, capitalism. We're encouraged to hustle. We're encouraged to rush. We're encouraged to spread ourselves thin and do as much as possible. A lot of our identities can feel very tied to accomplishments. How much can we get done and how fast? How much money can we get? Can we make? And at what period in our lives can we make that? So much. But this also ties into something I've been thinking a lot about in general, but especially today was that none of it really matters that much. Right now, I'm grateful to be in a point of my working period of time. I would say career, but career can mean a number of different things. The stage in my life where I'm working for however long that might be. I I don't have a solid plan for retirement. So right now I'm working indefinitely. I enjoy making money because I enjoy not having financial stress. I enjoy traveling, which costs money. I enjoy buying the food that I like. And I like technology and, you know, various things I want to purchase that cost money. I also really enjoy saving money, building up my savings account and my retirement plan stimulate my brain. It makes me feel really good to see certain amounts of money in in my bank account. So for me, I'm not working to impress people with something. I don't think. I think our egos are often at play. Certainly there are elements of things I might buy and do that feel good to show off to other people. It's hard to get away from that. And you know what? It does kind of feel good to tell my friends that I I have a full client list. I think it feels good because that's a rare thing for me. I feel proud of it. I feel excited to share with my parents, like, but look at all this work I have, you know, like there's that external validation side of this. But for the most part, I'm not going after an award or an achievement. And none of this feels extremely time sensitive except for retirement and except for some of the travel plans I want to make. You know, I want to save X amount of money by these dates, but the rest of it, I feel like I can take my time and and maybe that is a luxury of its own. But I'm not doing the things that I'm doing in my life right now 
to regularly achieve some sort of thing. And, and to me, that feels really good, especially in the contrast to conversations I have with people who feel so pressured to act in a way that is very connected to what somebody else thinks, how someone else values them, to a goal that they have that was created by someone else. To me, that feels like being chained to something. The times in which I felt like I had to do things in order to get something, I didn't feel in full alignment with myself. And maybe that's part of the reason that I have been feeling so good lately is that I happen to stumble into a way of working that feels like me. And I feel like I have agency. And I say stumbled on because this was not, I was going to say it's not easy. I feel very lucky. When I'm talking about these clients, you know, my one client that I've had for over three and a half years, I met them because somebody introduced me to them when I started my podcast, their podcast company called Podetize. And I was in touch with the founder often enough who saw my skill set and happened to have a role that they needed to fill and happened to be flexible with me being a consultant instead of an employee. You know, like it was just happenstance. I lucked into that role, I think. Yes, I had skill set. Yes, I worked for it, but I didn't have to apply for that job. Somebody saw something in me and trusted me and believed in me and gave me that work. That to me is a lot of luck. The other clients I've had, I think it's also luck sometimes when you put yourself out there in a way that other people happen to recognize. And that recognition could have a and probably has a lot of privilege baked into it, right? I'm not going to skirt around the fact that age, race, gender, all these different identities really factor into our opportunities. And I'm trying to take that for granted. So as much as I might feel proud of the things that I'm doing, how much of those things are really connected to my privilege to my luck. And I think that's an important thing to acknowledge because if I'm feeling that about myself, I wonder how many of the people that I've admired have just been lucky. How many people just happened to get recognized and, and got a huge career break. There's this idea of the self-made person, but so much of that can be tied into various privileges. I'm actually more interested in people that don't have privilege and what did they accomplish and how did they get there? But I wonder if most success is coming from a place of luck. It's hard to say. I mean, in a way it's lucky for me that I got into social media when I did, ironically, given where I stand with social media, but so much of my career today is because of social media. I, for instance, let's see. I happened to be in college when Facebook was developing. And in the beginning, Facebook was only available to people that were in certain colleges. 
So I guess I was lucky and privileged to be at a college that was approved by Facebook so I could create an account and use Facebook early and understand it. Facebook being like the first major social media platform that I used. And I also had the privilege of going to a school where I had a ton of connections to a lot of powerful people that could help me get things. You know, the, the, the name of that school which is Emerson College, by the way. Emerson College is in the entertain in the entertainment industry that I used to work at in had a name so that I could get various job opportunities. Now I didn't know Facebook would come into play in any professional way, but certainly it did over time. And because of my work in the entertainment industry, I had a job for a very well-known person in entertainment. And that at that job, my employer asked me to learn Twitter so that I could teach them. So I was lucky that I learned Twitter and Facebook simultaneously and became very skilled at it. And because of those things, I built a whole career on that for about 15 years, right? So that was the last 15 years of my life was a mishmash of all these things, all these things that happened a lot out of luck. Even the job that I got, the that job where I started learning Twitter, that was so lucky. I came and I don't know if I ever mentioned this before, probably have, but I'll reiterate again. I was working one job in the entertainment industry that I was awful on a lot, number of levels. It was one of the worst jobs, mostly because it was a place where I experienced workplace bullying. It was in a a very superficial LA place where I constantly felt like I wasn't good enough. I wasn't stylish enough. I wasn't pretty enough. You know, like the, the, the emotional impact of that job was very toxic for me. And I wanted to get out of there. Well, the way I got out of there was pure luck because some person came into the company one day completely happenstance in a conversation said to me, so-and-so who is a, was, well, is a very famous, well-known person was hiring for this job. Did I, was I interested? They didn't even know I was looking for work. I don't even know if they were asking if I was interested or somebody I knew was interested, but I immediately was raised my hand and I was like, yeah, I would love to because of this one random person whose name I don't even remember in this moment came into my workplace I got a job that had a massive ripple effect on many other things in my life, right? Now, some people in Beyond Measure are saying the universe or God has your back, right place at the right time. Maybe my view is that it was pure luck. I actually, I at the time thought that I had manifested it because this celebrity is somebody I admired for a long time. If you dig hard, hard enough, you could figure out who the celebrity that I, I used to work for is but there's no need for me to share their name. Um I I was blown away for that opportunity. I mean, it was truly amazing that I got to work for this or connected to this person. I'm again, I won't get into the details, but I worked around and with and in some ways with this person for several years and that had a massive impact. I thought I manifested it because I would like write down their name. I mean, their literal name would be in my journals as, as a aspiring filmmaker back in the day. I looked up to them. I looked up to their work 
And so that opportunity, it was just like, wow, the universe, I manifested this. I don't know if I believe that anymore. I think right now I believe more in luck (laughs) and maybe that right time, right place, just again, truly luck. And so that's what I mean. Not everybody is going to be, there's no way someone could duplicate my career, my work experience because of all those things that lined up, right? All those things that just happened to work out. I brought up the Facebook example because social media is an interesting place where I had a very early start in social media, which made it easier for me to build a career in social media. I was one of the only people in my circle, in my network that knew how to use Twitter. Truly. In 2009, it was not a big deal. It wasn't taken that seriously. I met the co-founder of Twitter, happenstance, like all these like random things happened. And now it's owned by the wealthiest man in the world, Elon Musk, right? Like to see what's happened to Twitter. But my point is I happened to just be pushed and interested into learning Twitter. And that just happened to get me all of those opportunities. I could say the same thing about podcasting. You know, I happened to be dabbling in podcasts for many years and I happened to have the time and energy to produce almost 500 episodes of this show alone. And I happened to be someone with a knowledge and skill set that not a lot of people have at this time. But five or 10 years from now, maybe everybody's going to have a podcast and it's going to be super commonplace. It already is very common for people to have podcasts, right? So the landscape changes, the work opportunities change. All of this is just transitioning, transitioning. And thus, it's really hard to say how, if anybody could ever replicate our success. And so when you look at somebody else that has a lot of success, that's theirs. And I think we get into this place of comparison, but it's almost impossible to compare lives to somebody else because luck is involved and privilege is involved. And if we don't have the same luck, which we probably, I don't know if anyone has the same exact luck as anyone else on this planet. It might just be all chaos and circumstance and happenstance, you know, like there might be no strategy or way for us to really predict any of it. I've talked about many times on the show how I've tried to follow formulaic strategies and they haven't worked for me, but somehow they've worked for other people. And I've wondered many times, how did this person get to this level? It seemed like we were all at the same starting point. Why did they get something that I didn't? The amount of times that's happened to me, the amount of times where I felt like I was perfectly positioned for something and I didn't get it. I don't know why. Maybe that person had things that I didn't even realize I was up against. But it's so easy for us to get into this comparison trap, like pinning ourselves up against others. And I think overall what I've been learning is, A, getting off social media a year ago was great for my mental health because I don't do nearly as much comparison as I do with others. Or wait. I got distracted for a second. I started reading the Beyond Measure chat and I think I said the wrong thing. (laughs) This is what happened. Let me pause for that reason just to catch up because a lot of conversation is happening in Beyond Measure chat about this. There seems to be some interest in manifestation. I'm not even interested in manifestation anymore. 
full transparency, don't think about it anymore. I, I used to be much more interested in this. Um, and one person saying this gives hope. And I think if it gives hope, to me right now, hope is in the fact that nobody knows what's going to happen to them at any time. None of us know what's around the corner. We can work hard for it. I think working hard does play a role, but we never know when the hard work is going to pay off. What I was starting to say before I got distracted is that getting off social media has been really helpful for me in reducing how much I compare myself to others because I don't see it. I don't see the highlight reels anymore. I have no idea what's going on in most people's lives unless they've told me directly. And you know what? When somebody tells you directly, there's a much lower chance that they're going to share the highlights only. When I talk to friends, I see a whole deeper side of them than I do when they post on social media. And they might not even realize they're doing this. Social media over all these years has taught many of us to show the filtered version of ourselves because we think that that's what other people want to see. And we've just been conditioned to think that in order to get the validation, the likes and the comments and the admiration, it's like we have to earn it through looking polished and presentable and and whatever else. This is why I don't even like posting on social media because I don't want to spend the time to polish myself. Truly. All this talk I've I've had about time today. Do you think I have time to go into the bathroom and put on makeup and do my hair for half an hour? That feels like a complete waste of time. I did that yesterday for Thanksgiving and I was like, how quick, how quickly can I do my hair and makeup to a standard where I feel confident around the people I'm going to see, right? And sometimes I do that for videos, podcasts, but most of the time I just want to sit down and record. I don't want to rehearse. I don't want to change my appearance. I just want to feel confident and comfortable. But I don't know how to do that on social media anymore because so much of social media has turned into this polished highlight reel. And it feels or it has felt in the past uncomfortable for me to show up unfiltered and unpolished because then I feel like I stand out and I'm drawing attention to myself, which I don't want to do. So that was a huge reason where I was like, social media feels way too complicated for me to post, but it also feels really unpleasant for me to look at other people because I want to know my friends on a deep level on one-to-one basis or one-to-few. If I'm going to see them with a group, like I hope it's a group of five people and then all five of us are sharing and contributing to a conversation and really being honest and raw and showing up, ideally without makeup and our hair done. I just want to see my friends for who they are. And I can do that so much more outside of social media because I know none of them, hopefully, I guess I don't actually know this, but I am a, I have a higher likelihood of seeing my friends as their raw, true selves then on social media, it's more likely that they're showing the best photo they took out of 20, that they might have edited their caption for 20 minutes before posting it, that they maybe plucked this one second out of their 24 hours that they were going to show. And that's not the experience I want. I don't want that experience when it comes to a comparison either. I don't want to feel 
like, wow, that person has it all together. Cause I know deep down they're probably a lot like me and they don't have it all together and that they did have a number of luck and they probably have some privilege. So that's been really helpful <laughs> to acknowledge all of these things, to say, I don't know what's coming for me. I don't know what's coming for anyone else, but I'm just going to continue to do the best I can and know that sometimes I'm going to feel good and sometimes I'm not. And even when I have a lot of the good things going for me, there could be a number of challenges happening. And I don't even have a formula. This, what I just shared, I'm kind of just making that up on the fly. I don't have a strategy I abide by aside from putting together that calendar that I hope will work well with all my time blocking while also knowing that time blocking is going to go out the window at least a few hours into the day. You know, try as I might to have a great schedule every day. Most days never goes to plan. And yet I keep trying. Maybe there's comfort in trying to make things work. And maybe there's comfort to strategy. Perhaps there's even comfort in comparison. Is that why we do it? Is there something comfortable about feeling bad about ourselves while we look at people on social media? You know, I said earlier, I'm I'm at a stage more and more where I feel like nothing really matters. And I, I say that in like a very positive way, not a dark way. It It actually gives me hope when I think that nothing really matters because it doesn't really matter if I have makeup on and do my hair and look polished in a photo or a video. It doesn't matter if my podcast makes sense. It doesn't even matter if I continue podcasting truly as much as other people might enjoy it they'll move on. Just like I used to post all these video on, on YouTube. Sometimes people say they miss my YouTube videos, but like, I don't think it really matters if I publish on YouTube or not ever again. You know, it doesn't matter if I go back on social media. It doesn't matter if I quit the jobs that I'm doing or continue doing them. For me, what matters is feeling happy and fulfilled each day. To feel a sense of gratitude and that fulfillment is really the best word that I can use. And to me, that is like the ultimate feeling is if I can feel some sense of fulfillment, whether it's checking off the task that can be fulfilling, whether it's going to bed, feeling exhausted in a good way. Like I did so much. That's a fulfilling feeling that yesterday I spent four hours making Thanksgiving feast for myself that I'm continuing to join to enjoy today. That felt like an accomplishment. And it was just a Thanksgiving meal. I didn't post it on social media. I barely talked about it publicly. This is my only mention of it, really. Like it made it for me. And the food nourished me and it felt really good. And I felt proud of myself without needing any external validation putting money in my savings account. Nobody knows how much money I have in there. That's for me. That's why I'm making money. When I travel, I don't need to post pictures and videos of things or, you know, have it tied to my identity that I've been to XYZ places. Maybe sometimes there's certain places that I'm like, okay, this, this feels awesome. And I want to brag about it. But <laughs> for the most part, most of my travels, you know, they're special moments for me. Even when I do my long road trip episodes, like there's so much that I leave out, not even on purpose. It's just 
Those are fulfilling moments for myself. And that makes all the work that I do worthwhile. But it's all very messy and extremely lucky and sometimes very privileged. And I think that I want to hear people talk about that more often. I'm trying to look less outward when it comes to these things and and just more inward, taking it day by day. And if I do hit a wall with these eight to 10 hours I'm working a day, and if that's not sustainable, I want to remember this. So if I have to truly cut back to four hours of work a day and make a lot less money, that I hope will be fulfilling because I'm doing something for myself. I'm honoring myself. If I have the privilege of working that little, that should also be fulfilling that sometimes Life is not about how much we can do, but sometimes how little we can do. That can be one of the greatest privileges in the world to do less. Not always a choice, but it goes to that idiom of less is more. That is an idiom, right? Is it an axiom? I don't know. Again, these terminologies, they don't come naturally to me, but it's kind of interesting to simultaneously view life less is more, but I'm doing more than ever (laughs) and things are at odds, odds with each other. Things are chaotic. Things are messy, but I feel fulfilled. So this episode felt a bit all over the place. I knew it would be because I didn't structure any of this. This is just spilling out of me and all all different expressions that I wasn't expecting. But some of the people in Beyond Measure said that this is relatable, that this is what they hope for. And I love the phrase, one one person said, best of luck about, let's see. Nope, I, I mis, misread that. I think they were asking about how luck and things work out in life. Yeah, it's interesting, right? And there's no way of really knowing. Is it luck or is it the universe? Or is it luck or is it manifestation? Is it luck or is it hard work paying off? How how could we ever know? Do any of us know why things happen? I certainly don't. I have not put any intention into manifestation on a conscious level, but maybe we can still manifest without being fully aware of it. A lot to contemplate here. My goal ultimately is to share transparently and acknowledge how messy and chaotic and unknown and lucky and privileged, all of this stuff, like just acknowledge it all and not say that I have anything figured out. I don't even have my schedule figured out. And people say I'm one of the most organized people they know. And I'm like, well, I actually do enjoy being organized, but even when I'm organized, it still feels like a mess and it doesn't always work out. Speaking of the day, I am going to go take that break I mentioned. I started earlier watching the new Netflix reality show based on Squid Games and I feel a little bit hooked, like definitely triggered some happy chemicals in my brain and my brain's like, I want more, go watch Netflix. And on a logical level, I'm like, but I have time blocks in my schedule. I I want to get this stuff done. So I'll be honest too. It's, it's the Friday after Thanksgiving. I, I really wish I had the day off, but 
based on all this work, I don't. So I'm going to go try to find a balance between doing some work and watching that Netflix show, maybe alternating between that and the other show I watch in my quote free time below deck. I'm new to this. The show's been on for like 13, 15, or maybe like 15 years. I just started watching it a few months ago and it's my little like background show. So as I mentioned, sometimes I'll, I'll do some work and I'll have a show on, on the background that's below deck, but this Netflix squid game show, I really like squid games, despite how incredibly violent the original fictional narrative version was and this reality show is actually quite interesting what is hard though is when something is so stimulating you want more and more of it and yet you have to balance that out with the other responsibilities and priorities in your life that's tough talking about transparency I do not have that figured out so a lot of my days I say I'm only going to work between like 8 a.m. and 6 p.m. I try to like ideally get everything done and then just enjoy the rest of the night. I don't know if that's going to happen. I also try not to work on weekends when you're in that constant state of feeling like you're trying to catch up and stay on top of things. That's hard. That's a big challenge in life. And every day I'm trying to figure it out little by little, but I don't have it all figured out. So that's okay. Still feel fulfilled. I still feel happy. So two things can be true at once, right? Like you can still feel like a mess and be happy. You can still feel overwhelmed and fulfilled. You can feel stressed and grateful, you know, like let's just look at it all in these gray areas and overlapping. And maybe there's just no need to figure it all out because like I said, maybe none of it really matters. Maybe figuring out, figuring it out isn't even possible. That's what I think a lot about recently. And to a wonderful acknowledgement in the chat, AI assistants are very helpful. I would agree. (laughs) I've been using AI a ton for my work and actually encouraged. Okay. Last thing before I go, what I would recommend, this is something I feel confident as a strategy. And I probably won't be the first person that says this to you, but I feel about AI right now. The same way I feel, I felt about social media. So when I was referencing Twitter, Facebook, getting a head early-ish start on those and how that much impacted my career, right now, podcasting, I still feel that way about, but also AI, artificial intelligence tools. My skill set that I've built up in the last year of using them has really come in handy with work. I have been able to manage my client load, not just from my attempts at time blocking, but because of AI. If it weren't for AI tools, I probably wouldn't be able at all to do as much work as I'm doing right now. Whether that's a good thing or not remains to be seen. Is is AI going to lead to us working and doing a lot more than is really ideal for us? on our mental health side of things remains to be seen. A lot of people are nervous about AI. There's a lot of complexities. This is not easy. But if I were to give a recommendation, it would be to look into AI. 
to experiment with it, to figure out how it feels to you, to try a number of tools. I could talk about AI all day long and two weeks later, it could be completely different. So it's also important to know that it's constantly evolving. There's no one size fits all. There's no one platform that's necessarily better than the others. A lot is in fluctuation right now, but I still think to put some attention into it, intentional attention, because I did that with social media and for better or for worse, it was very lucrative for me and in a lot of ways fulfilling for me. Now, the bigger question is, would I go back in time and still do social media given everything I know about how it's impacted us with our mental health and our politics? And there's a lot of issues, just like I see a lot of issues with AI, but it can be a very lucrative, helpful thing. So take that with a grain of salt. All right. I'm going to wrap up here. Thank you so much for listening. Thanks to those of you who tuned in to Beyond Measure. I'm deeply grateful for your live presence, for your influence on me and the chat, your connection with one another. It's a beautiful thing to witness. For those of you who know about Beyond Measure and have never tried it, come on, give it a try. It's in, it's in the description of this episode, just right there in that see more field underneath the podcast player. If you have tried Beyond Measure and didn't think it was for you, know that it's constantly evolving. I would love your feedback. I'd love to know what you want. One of my clients is very connected to the Beyond Measure, uh, the way that I do things in Beyond Measure. I'll leave it there for now. I'll share more details if I can continue that relationship with them. But one of my clients is really influencing my plans for Beyond Measure in a very positive way. So I've been working hard to look at all different ways I can take it to levels in which you feel more connected to me, to each other. You feel nourished. You feel like you have a safe haven to discuss things with people that are hard to explore your own well-being and, and uh, just be in more connection, deeper, true connection with people. That's always been my aim with Beyond Measure. And I know I have a long way to go with it. So that is that is where I'm at. And I'd love to know where you are at. If Beyond Measure is not the place that you want to be, you can always send me an email. Emails are nice too. I'm just a lot slower when it comes to emails. So heads up, it can take me a while to reply. And if I don't reply, please follow up with an email to me because sometimes I just need a little nudge. That's it for this episode. I will be back with a guest episode soon with hopefully, ideally, a, a wonderful person. I never know. There is actually, I think, honestly, everybody is wonderful. So that's not a great qualifier, but everybody is value. It's just value is very relative. So I guess the more easier or uh, accurate way of saying that is I hope that if you listen to an episode with a guest, you find some value and wonder and fulfillment in it. Um, so stay tuned. We'll see. Have a wonderful rest of your day and thank you for being here. Bye for now.